Hey, to all the real estate professionals out there, I want to let you know the Buyer's Mind is sponsored by Homebridge Financial. Homebridge loan officers are experts in new home financing, and they bring sales ideas and strategies and market intelligence and programs that will help sell homes. To learn more about that, go to builder.homebridge.com. Homebridge Financial, home financing made easy. Would you consider yourself a creative sales professional? You certainly should feel that way. Let's talk about how to boost the creative energy on today's episode of The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, welcome everyone once again to another episode of The Buyer's Mind. I am your host, Jeff Shore, and today we've got the great privilege of spending time with one of our friends, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Gittimer. If you don't know who Jeffrey Gittimer is, boy, you got to get out from underneath that rock you've been hiding under. So many books I can't even mention. My favorite, probably Sales Manifesto easy to read, but very, very powerful. And one of the things that I love about Jeffrey is that he does not pull any punches, right? He believes, I don't know that we have enough people in our lives, certainly in my life, that will really just tell you how it is in an unfiltered way. So, so this is the idea that, that it, there's, a, there's a simplicity to that when we have very, very real conversations as we're going to have with uh, Jeffrey. But I just want to challenge you to think creatively about your job. So often we get stuck in ruts, right? We do the same thing the same way because that's what we've always done. Might very well have been trained that way or mentored that way somewhere along the lines. But what does creativity look like? What does it take just to get outside that, uh, that bubble where we do things the same way and think differently? That's going to be particularly important when we think about follow-up. There it is, follow-up and close the sale. Uh, we want to think about how we follow up, what that looks like. But if you're going to be great at follow-up, you need to think creatively. One of the most creative thinkers that I know, Mr. Jeffrey Gittimer. All right. Uh, welcome back to the buyer's mind. The one, the only Mr. Jeffrey Gittimer. Jeffrey, uh, you're reaching us from uh, Charlotte today, are you? I am in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I have been homebound for the last almost three months, with the exception of taking a drive to the beach, uh, wild yeah. dunes, South Carolina, if you want to know where I hang. Um, it is, it's like a beach, only better. I calculated that it's been 25 years since I had gone four months without a plane ride. Uh, do you miss it? Do you miss being in the air? No, I have my goal this year is not to be an executive platinum on American Airlines for the first <laughs> time in 20 years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not. No, be, I, and, and, and that's it'll be right. my last time ever for being one. Yeah. Yeah. Although I have to tell you, you know, I told my wife recently, I think I'm going to go, I haven't golfed in a long time. If somebody asked me to golf, I think I'm going to golf. She was like, yes, go golf, please go golf. So yeah, I, I think I've heard it on that side of things. How far are you away from Torrey Pines? Oh, that's Southern California. We're Northern California. That's a, oh. that's 500 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful though. I played it. It is uh, stunningly course gorgeous. In, best public course in America. 
and really reasonably priced too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about kind of what's going on. You know, we, we've been through an awful lot here in the last several months, but even at the time of this recording, we're getting a little resurgence right now. And, you know, early on, what did we find? There are a lot of salespeople who are concerned about being tone deaf, uh, trying to sell when there's a global pandemic going on. And at some point you need to figure, figure, figure out how to just freaking get back on the horse. Uh, now we're seeing this resurgence. Uh, do you have any any sympathy or empathy at all for people who are like, boy, I got to be sensitive about how I approach this right now. Or do you just look at it and say, just come on, just do your job. I think that there is a modicum of sensitivity that has to exist in order to be able to make what I have always referred to as emotional engagement. Yeah. Like if you're selling, for example, you're in real estate, correct? Mm. It's our primary business. We do a lot of others, but that's our primary business. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to sell somebody a home, uh, I'm not, if you say, I want to, I want to buy a home in Charlotte, I'm not going to say, do you have a home to sell? Uh, do you have a mortgage right now? Mm-hmm. And what's your payment? Have you ever missed a payment? Like goodbye. Well, I'm just trying to help you. No, dude, you're trying to qualify me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, yeah. don't qualify anybody. So I would like to say, um, Tell me about the bedroom that you grew up in. Now that's a flood of memories. Yeah. And I'm going to walk into what is what was formerly called uh, Prince or the master bedroom <laughs> and say, uh, this is the master bedroom at 16 by nine. I'm going to go uh, 16 by 19. I'm going to say, no, I, I think you're lying to me. Uh, Let's get a tape measure out. Rather, the salesperson and real estate salespeople already know everything, as you well know, Mm -hmm. could ask, where will you put the television? Yeah. Or to the woman, will all your clothes fit in this closet? Yeah. Because if it doesn't, you're out. Right. So I'm going to right. I'm going to engage people as a salesperson without engaging people as a salesperson. Yeah. I'm going to engage people as a human being. All right. So so let me ask you this, because this is something that I've talked about a lot, just from the perspective of <clears throat> well, what I teach is very simple. If most salespeople are so consumed with what people are moving to that they neglect what they're coming from. And if you understand what they're coming from, then what they're moving to is going to roll out right in front of you. Agree, disagree. I totally agree. And it's all a matter of knowing the history. Yeah. And if you just know three months prior history, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. This particular thing. So um, I've been doing a Facebook live every morning at 9.59 a.m. East Coast time for the last 75 days. Yeah. Um, it gets thousands of views. Right. People join. I can't believe who joins. But the bottom line is this. As a result of that, I created a course called The New Normal. And in that new normal, because we're never going to go, quote, back to work. We're going to go forward to work. Look what we're doing right now. The yeah. virtual reality is upon us, and it is never going to go away. Right. Video is not going to give way to anything. Virtual is not going to give way to anything. Half the sales calls are going to be made virtually and travel budgets are going to be cut in half for salespeople, whether you're in a car or in an airplane. It's a period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I've said to salespeople is, listen, if you're reluctant about making a virtual sales call, get over that. Yeah. 
Because if you have to drive 100 miles to Cleveland or fly 200 miles to Dallas to make one sales call, you're an idiot. Yeah. Unless you have a closed deal and it's going to six figures and it's a big deal for you, then go. But that's going to be half the time or less. Yeah. On a regular call, you're going to go virtually. But let me go back back. <clears throat> you're going to make a connection with a customer that you haven't connected with in a while because of the pandemic. And there's a lot of that. And you yeah. want to go back and make a sale. You're going to call that customer up and never mention your product or your lower prices first until you've conducted my form of this interview. Bob, I know it's been a couple months since we talked and you know, the world is kind of upside down. I'd really love to know what's been happening in your world. Mm -hmm. Some people have had the best years they've ever had. Some people have had a death of a, of a parent in a nursing home and you better be sensitive to both. Right. Okay. So that's number one, what's been happening. And that's a, innocuous question and you ask it my way what's been happening tell me what's been going on mm -hmm. at that point as a salesperson i'm on phone or i'm on i'm on zoom with them i'm taking notes then i'm going to ask wow that's that's amazing what do you need help with the most right now mm -hmm. and i'm going to take notes what's been going on what do you need help with okay if you know the answer to those two questions, you're going to figure out how you can help. And you're either going to say, wow, I think I can help you. Do and by the way, you're taking notes both times. Now I've got to, I, I haven't, Bob, I have an idea. Bob, I, I, I think I can help you. Or there's some kind of something where you ask, how can I be of service to you at this moment? What's the best thing I can do for you? and your company at this moment. My product aside, my stuff aside, what's the best thing I can do for you? So now I'm knee deep in their circumstance and I have all kinds of notes. I'm taking notes every time this person opens up his or her mouth. From there, if I call 10 people, Jeff, I'm gonna develop a trend in yeah. my industry, regardless of what it is. There's trends in every industry. Right. Sure. So now I'm going to figure out how I can help people. And then I'm going to take action. I'm going to develop a small plan and take action, develop a small plan and take action so that this person knows that I'm a value provider, not a sales guy with my lowest prices ever. Right. When it's time for this person to buy, he or she will tell me. Yeah. If I have to ask them, I've done a wrong thing. I've done a very mm. wrong thing in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to enter gently. I'm going to be a value provider and I'm going to be seen as a person that I can trust to actually work in my best interest rather than somebody wanting to make a sale so we can make a quota so we can get to the president's club so we can go to right. the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. We, we bought a quarantine dog here and uh, we bought it completely virtually, right? We found the dog online. The dog's five and a half hours away. We found it online. The, the, the seller uh, interviewed us over the phone, uh, took wow. the, her phone and sort of, here's the dog. Well, this is how it interacts, whatever. This is a dog. I don't know if there's anything more emotional purpose than a dog. By the time we met face to face and I saw that salesperson was like, listen, I, 
can we hug? I know it's coronavirus, but can we hug? I mean, we just love this person. Yeah. And by the way, I, I, paid, I paid more for this dog than I paid for Karen's wedding ring. This was not an inexpensive dog at all. Oh, and it, yet it was it, all done virtually. Is it a, a bread dog? Uh, it's a mini Australian Labradoodle, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds girly. <laughs> best dog i've ever had man the dog for eight weeks it's barked three times it's it's really good okay. you know we, i i love the idea of that virtual meeting being the main event so let's talk about what else changes because i think with our customers right now online so much of the time our role as chief sorter outer is going to be really really uh pronounced uh to me in some ways i think our customers have too much information by the time they finally get to us agree or disagree right, right. but they only give a about what's important to them. Mm -hmm, they don't right. care about your information. They don't care if you drop dead on the other end of the call. Yeah. They want information that will help them win. Yeah. And so if you're in that zone, if you're in that mode and you have information that you think will help, offer it. And I promise you, they're going to pay attention. Yeah. You know, uh, Bob, I, I came up with an idea today. I wonder if you'd be interested in da 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 da. Yeah, mm -hmm. I am. And I wonder if you could get your CEO on the phone so we could talk about it. I'm going to make sure that I get as high on that ladder as I possibly yeah. can to get buy-in from somebody that matters. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at sales today, you were knocking on doors in New York city yeah. way back in the day, pre-internet setting COVID-19 aside for just a second, is sales easier or harder in 2020 than it was in the pre-internet, say 1990. What, what, what do you think? There's two answers to that. Um, it's harder to get in the door because of policing and all the yeah. you need to get through security, mm -hmm. but it's easier because of the information that's available to you through mother Google or duck duck or whatever you want to use. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I would challenge any salesperson who says it's hard to get in a door. It's because they're lazy. Yeah. Most salespeople will not do the hard work that it takes to make selling easy. And so let's let, let me break in because I I know for you this is going to be something that you and I share. We get pitched, you and me, as yeah. business owners, yeah. all the time yep. by that same stupid, obnoxious email that says, "I read your blog post about this," or "I saw you had this person on your podcast," or whatever it is. And boy, do I have something that's going to knock you. You have no idea who I am, and this just Delete. drives me nuts because it Delete. wouldn't take any time at all to figure it out. Delete. Totally. Just hover over the delete button all day long, right? So that, that's a big challenge. But even a bigger one is most salespeople are not qualified to build a relationship and earn a sale and earn a referral. They are yeah. qualified to take the slides that marketing has given them. I don't, in this, and I don't mean to be, um, I'll try to do this without getting beeped. No customer wants to see your slides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you have them, give them back to marketing, tell mm -hmm. them to make five sales and report their findings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So slides are out. Sales pitches are out. Help is in. And that's where we're going to be for the next six months or so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense to me. Uh, that also means that we're going to have to talk about uh, uh, diligence and follow-up. I want to thank you. You were actually quoted twice in the new book because uh, of stuff that you wrote in the sales Bible. So thank you very much for Hang that. Hang on a second. There's a reason that I like you. 
<laughs> and your listeners should pay attention to this. As a sales professional and someone who helps other people win, Jeff Shore understands how it is really done. So all of the, um, I don't want to mention any names because it wouldn't be fair to them. And I don't want to get into a lawsuit about who's right and who's wrong. Fair but enough. Jeff Shore is an assertive salesperson, not an aggressive salesperson. Got it? Um, aggressive salespeople show slides. Assertive salespeople ask questions. Mm -hmm. And that's the point of this process. Jeff Shore is going to teach you how to close a sale by asking other questions that confirm the sale. That's his brilliance. And you guys need to understand that. And when you, you don't read his book, you study his book. And that way you become a better salesperson almost automatically because there's, there's nothing in that book that's complicated. Well, I think we can wrap it up right there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. That's uh, deeply humbling. Honestly, Jeffrey, that means a lot to me. It really, really does. When you look at the idea of follow-up and why so many salespeople quit when they hear not yet, or, or they don't interpret no as not yet. Right. They just hear no, and they think that they're done at that point. And yet, man, this is where the opportunity really lies. And, and now when you add virtual follow-up, I mean, for you and I, when we were just boots on the ground on our sales day, how much would video have helped us oh to be oh that much? God, oh Can you imagine? Phone calls, there was no email. Yeah. How, many, how right. many times did I duck into a phone booth in New York City with a dime or a quarter? <laughs> <laughs> to be able to make a phone call to somebody that's that's a yeah. whole lot and had to wait or stand online because there were too many people in front of me anyway this is what salespeople don't understand about follow-up mm -hmm. you have an account you have a manager or a boss or somebody and he tells you you have to do five follow-ups a day and then walks away and doesn't tell you how mm -hmm. and my version of how is if there's no reason for me to call you other than asking for money, then don't do it. But I'll go back to my hard work thing again. And at night while you're drinking beer and watching some stupid ass movie on Netflix, you might want to go to mother Google and try to get an idea or something of value that you can say to that customer so that when you call them or when you email them, it's in favor of them, not simply a request from yeah. you. Yeah. That's the deal. It's either a value yeah. follow up or a value follow through or shut the hell up and let your competition win it on price. Yeah, th this is the key theme to the book uh, that I just wrote on this follow up and close a sale. It's just serve and serve and serve and serve and serve. And if you have nothing to serve, don't make the call. If you can't right. add value, don't make the call. But it's not that difficult to add that value. My concern is that I think we're, half and half here half the time we don't know how which you just said i managers tell us to do it they don't show us how and then part of it is just ch the chicken factor i'm just uh, scared uh to make that that they call. don't want rejection that's okay yeah, yeah. i, re I respect mm -hmm. that but let yeah. me throw something at you that's kind of a nuance that i think you might use in the future because the world adds value i'm a value provider i'm a value giver I'm a value first person. I don't add it. I give it. And I think that if a salesperson understands 
that the value add proposition that they got from their marketing department only takes effect after someone purchases. If I give you something that's value driven, then I'm doing something before the sale happens so that I can earn the sale. And that's a very subtle thing, but it's so valuable that salespeople overlook it. You can immediately differentiate yourself. You can immediately create some kind of a competitive advantage, however small it is, simply by being a value provider rather mm -hmm. than a value adder. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, we're, we're, I, I want to respect your time, but, but I, but I, I gotta, I just, I'm going to fire off a few rapid fire oh, questions. Oh, oh. Let's get to know the, the, the real Jeffrey Gittimer one sentence at a time. Ready? Ready? Four daughters, uh, four granddaughters. Next question. <laughs> By the way, we're tied in the granddaughter count. Okay. I, I'm at four, four as well. There you go. All right, here we go. What time do you start your day? Somewhere between five and six. Okay. Uh, Mac or PC? Mac, of course. Yeah. Since of course. 1984. Of yeah, there you go. Uh, your favorite vacation spot? Wild Dunes, nah. Paris, France. Um, Anywhere in Europe after that. Yeah. Um, and after that would be Wild Dunes, South Carolina. Okay. All right. Uh, cats or dogs? Dogs, but cats are close. All right. Fair enough. Uh, significant pet peeves? Stupid people. <laughs> um, we'll not get into the uh, conversation about government that we had off the air, will we? Nope. <laughs> um, backstage pass to any concert ever. Who's the band? Beatles. Oh, with maybe Pink Bossy. Floyd with your maybe Pink Floyd with the original band. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, if you had to live abroad, where would that be? Paris. Paris. Okay. Yeah, All not right. even. All right. I mean, it's not even a, you know, it's bread in the morning, it cheese, yeah. fresh fruit, dinner, it's yeah. museums, it's culture, it's wonderful. Yeah, you, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. No. All right. Uh, there you go. Now, uh, while we have you on the line here, give us a quick tour of your background before we let you go here. Most people don't get to see this shot. They see you in studio. Most people don't get to see this shot. So give us a quick tour. What's what's important over your shoulders? Over my shoulder is an autographed uh, album cover by Jeff Lynn, who's a personal friend of mine from Electric Light Orchestra. They are the most right. fun I've ever had in rock and roll. Love uh, it. The original Dr. Seuss poster, uh, War Bonds from the Second World War, autographed cool. picture of Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Uh, my Mariano Rivera, uh, autographed picture to Jeffrey from one closer to another. Larry uh -huh. from the Three Stooges. Of course, you have to have a Larry. Uh, my daughter at the top. Uh, oh, that's Santa Claus. Yeah, Edmund Gwynn. And my daughter right. at the top there, is, she sent me this for my birthday. It said, today's special. Take it or leave it. <laughs> um, I love work. And um, uh, this is really, I mean, it's just, it's just, it couldn't be any better. The chicken, asking another chicken, and by the way, why, why, why did you cross the road? Um, an autographed thing from Chuck Jones, a Bugs Bunny, and my yeah. G uh, light. That's love it. That. And behind me is all kinds of stuff. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. it's yeah, it's just too much. Including a very special football. Tell us about the football. Oh, I have. <laughs> I just happen to have. And by the way, this was given to me by a customer at the end oh. of one of my seminars. Yeah, autographed yeah. 
Super Bowl 52, a game used football autographed by Nick Foles. There you and go. And when the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles crushed the New England Patriots, it wasn't yeah. even close. That's right. The one yeah. name that, that still causes Tom Brady to lose sleep right there, Nick Foles. So, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, we didn't beat him. We beat the crap out of him. Yeah. <laughs> love it, love it. Hey, Jeffrey, thank you so much. Thanks for all you do uh, to make salespeople great. Uh, and we're going to put this on the show notes, but go to thenewnormalcourse.com, thenewnormalcourse.com. And Jeffrey moved very, very quickly to make sure that you are very, very well equipped to handle what the world has to offer right now. What does virtual selling look like? This is a train that's already left the station. Oh, you yeah. better run to catch oh, okay. on now. You, you, you cannot afford to get left behind or you're going to be thrown on the scrap heap, which quite frankly is, might be appropriate. So uh, way, get in, on board. In the new normal course, I explained to you why you do not do virtual sales calls in front of your unmade bed. <laughs> that alone worth the price of admission. admission. <laughs> Jeffrey, thanks for being on the buyer's mind. Thank you. Thank it's you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. pleasure. All right, there you have it. And I just love that conversation. And for those of you looking at it and saying, boy, is it really that easy? Well, look, it, it's the, the question of intentionality. If you can slow down a little bit, not just abdicate your follow-up efforts over to the CRM, but just to get creative. You heard what Jeffrey said just about, boy, if I were that writer, that ghostwriter, what I do? I'd send a quote every single day. That's the type of thing we're looking at. As long as your follow-up adds value, you're not going to offend your customer. You'll never be accused of intrusion marketing if all you're doing is adding value to your customer's life. So that's the question. That's what you need to be thinking through. How do I add value? And I always love having the conversation to talk to Jeffrey because it gets me thinking on a higher plane. And I don't want to just be victim of my own sales presentation. I don't want to be victimized by thinking the same way. I just want to think in a unique manner. So I want to encourage you, think about your own follow-up efforts. Step aside for a few moments, even today, to ask, what does creative look like? Best way to do that is to think of just one customer that you're working with right now, just one, and ask what would be a creative way to follow up with that one customer. When you do this right, it makes all the difference in the world. Follow-up should be fun. If you're not having fun with your follow-up, I can promise you that your customer is not. Have a little fun with your follow-up and you'll have the opportunity to change someone's world.